maybe I'm crazy, but my heat might be in serious, serious trouble. I think we're in trouble. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Very, very excited for today's podcast. Josiah Johnson, king of Twitter, king of NBA Twitter, king of content is joining us. We've been trying to get Josiah on for a while. So I'm very excited to talk to him about how he is on it with these tweets all the time. Always funny, great content, huge NBA uh, fan and uh, visionary, visionary of creativity. Josiah Johnson, King Josiah 54 on Twitter. If you don't already follow him, um, King of NBA Twitter. So we'll talk to him. And we have the crazy gang, Heller, Donnie, and T. And today is a very special, uh, bittersweet podcast for the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Our producer extraordinaire, the man that makes all of this happen, Donnie, is moving on uh, to another great podcast, uh, Higher Learning. Uh, with the ringer and Spotify. So this is going to be his last podcast with us. So make sure that you uh, go and follow Donnie and support Donnie. Um, we're very blessed to have him working on the podcast for as long as we have and very excited for his new opportunities. So we will do our final high key, low key with Donnie uh, on this week's maybe I'm crazy podcast, but let's get started with Josiah Johnson. All right. Very excited to have the King the of NBA Twitter. I really feel like you are, you've taken over all of Twitter because you be on it and you have a family. So I really don't know how you do this. Maybe you have a clone or like an assistant that is responsible for these creatives because <laughs> I'm like, how does Josiah have time for all of this with his family and like everything that you do, but you run Twitter, Josiah Johnson. If you don't follow him on social media, you follow him King Josiah 54. Uh, also a great show out of pocket on buckets and the producer of Colin in black and white on Netflix with Ava DuVernay and Michael Starberry, a limited series on Colin Kaepernick's life. Thank you so much for joining us on the maybe I'm crazy podcast and taking some time away from, um, giving us elite, elite content on Twitter to talk to us today. I, I just listened to the intro and everything you said, and I'm trying to figure out, cause maybe I'm crazy. Cause I'd be running these numbers up, like you said, with the family living in the Hills of Woodland, but Hey, I, I'm happy to be here doing it and appreciate you for having me on the show. No, really like you've, we've known each other for a while, but you've, you've really had a, a very huge impact on NBA Twitter, which is kind of like, you know, it's, it's a club open to everybody, but you kind of got to find your way in. You know, you can't just, you can't just follow a certain person. Like you got to follow the web to be involved in this. Um, and, and black Twitter as well, which, which you are, you are on every single cultural thing that happens. You got the meme ready. You, you got the GIF. Are we going with GIF or GIF? Have we decided on that? I've, I've had this conversation a few times, whatever you call it, I get it. So I, I mean, I say GIF or GIF just depending on how I'm feeling, but I think GIF is the, the proper pronunciation according to the nerds. But like, <laughs> it's kind of like Uno and black Twitter, like we make our own rules. So whatever you call it, I'm gonna understand it. And that's cool. Okay, you have them ready. So do you know, like something's coming up so you got to be ready and you have like these things, these, these things ready, or you just got fast fingers and you be on it. I just be on it. Like, I think, you know, I don't try to go in ever with anything pl planned or prepared. I just like to enjoy the game, enjoy the moment, kind of like everybody else. And I really like to thrive in those like live events where, you know, you can't get a head start. You see something happens like LeBron, you know, you know, may, gets injured, whatever it may be, does something on the court. 
and you got to respond and react or, you know, Trez, Trez and campaign kind of do their thing. Like you guys be ready to go with whatever the content is, the meme that's going to make people. And I try to always stay from a humorous lens, but that's a testament to black Twitter and black culture. Obviously we use humor as a coping mechanism. So sometimes it'll be stuff that obviously isn't even funny, but if there's a way to kind of present it, that'll get people to listen, to think, to laugh a little bit, but also most importantly, to think about whatever's going on. I try to kind of come in from that angle. So we haven't really talked about this on the podcast, um, but what what did you make of everything that happened with Kwame Brown over the past week? Ooh, damn, we're going there quickly already. Um, well, I mean, because we didn't know, talk about the podcast, so I feel like I, we could, you and I could talk about it. We can definitely talk about this. Um, you know, I'm good friends with Matt Barnes, and I'll preface it with that. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Steven Jackson, everything that Matt and Stack have been able to do on the social side. And watching the video, yeah, I can understand from Kwame Brown's perspective why he would be a little hurt. I don't understand why he was that hurt. But then again, when you've been the butt of jokes for the better part of 20 years, and I think it was it was good of Kwame to kind of clear the air. Obviously, he did it in a super inflammatory type of way, but you can feel the pain and hurt and anger in his heart. And I think, you know, for, for those guys, my thing, everything nowadays is predicated on getting a bag. So, you know, get your bag. Don't, don't, don't fight and do some dumb shit that's going to cost you, you know, money down the road bring Kwame on the pod or do something with him, do a live event. And really as black men, you know, you guys can all face each other and have enough respect. Like, you know, everybody's kind of now on this Kwame, like is like, you know, superhuman. He could literally, you know, beat up 20 bouncers and everything like that. But I think they're past that point, but I can understand his frustration, but also I'm a light skinned dude that went to UCLA. So I'm always going to rock with Matt. And I think Matt had a great response. And there comes a point for somebody like Matt, it's like, you're only going to call me out my name so many times before I respond. And I've seen Matt in situations firsthand. I know he's not a dude to be trifled with. He may get the, the light-skinned tag, but nobody really wants to mess with him in those situations. And, you know, I can attest to that. So him and Kwame, I hope they figure it out. I'm, you know, I tried to stay out of it. Everybody was hitting me like, yo, where are your memes and whatever. It's like, I'm too close to the situation. Yeah. It's kind of like a lawyer, like, yo, I know both sides. I'm not, you know, I'm not really gonna get in there and drag myself into this for just for, for some cheap views. Yeah, I mostly tried to stay out of it as well, but I also look at it from the perspective of, you know, I guess and maybe you could relate to this as well, because obviously your father played and you played, you know, as well. And my, you know, for me, it's, it's like my brother, like when I talk, I try, or not even try, like I, I naturally have a bit of empathy and understanding. And maybe just like, I'm a face-to-face -face kind of individual. So what I say about someone, I assume they're going to see and hear. Like that's how I move in this business because not out of fear, but just out of like respect, you know, I wouldn't want somebody talking crazy um, or not even talking crazy, but just not basing their opinion about my brother in actual facts. Like it's fine to be critical. That's what, that's what we do. Sometimes we got to be critical in this business, but doing it in a way that's like, I understand I, this person might see this, be watching this live. Like they may really like see this right now in real time. Um, but it did, it did go crazy on, on social media, which is not surprising. Um, but so let's talk about the, let's talk about the, the playoffs cause they're here. Uh, my heat took a pretty serious L. Um, and, and I didn't appreciate it. I feel like Jimmy Butler has done everything he can <laughs> for this organization. And Tyler hero has gone full South beach. That's what it's starting to feel like. I don't want to overreact, but I'm not, things are looking bleak and you obviously know the Bucks organization really well also. So do I have any hope or is it over? I mean, it's 2-0 now. We've seen the Bucks with the 2-0 lead in previous playoffs kind of squander that. So it's not like that's something that's just out of the ordinary. The way that uh, Jimmy Butler's playing, you know it's not going to last. Like what I think he had like 10 points in game two, which is super nasty performance. <laughs> but everything we know about this guy, he's a dog. 
And the thing about dogs is sometimes they're down, but they're never out. Like, and they're going to come back. They always got that fight in them. He's going to be back in Miami. To your point, I've been to Miami a few times. I could definitely understand how you could fall in love with that life in that world and how it could be hard for some to be able to, you know, manage both things, especially a young guy like Tyler Hero, who's living the life, great looking dude, you know what I mean? Getting fades, can't swim though. So that, that cuts down on a lot of potential things he could be doing just in that area. But you, you'd like to hope that this squad's going to put up some fight. I think a, a squad with Jimmy Butler on it, Jimmy Butler as a leader, kind of the alpha on the team, they're not just going to throw in the towel. And Giannis and that crew has had a great job, you know, done a great job at home, kind of holding home court. But now we're off to Miami. So I think the, the Heat are definitely going to get one, if not two. But now they go down 3-1 coming back to Milwaukee. It might be a wrap. I do not think they're going to get swept like Charles Barkley said. But we'll see. You know, this is a Pat Riley-led franchise. This is Eric Spolstra. These guys, you know, they're, they're about that action. They're, they've been in these situations before especially knowing the LeBron years and all those type of things. So this team will be able to come back and at least squeeze out a game, hopefully game three. If it goes 3-0, though, that, that might be a more, you know, it might be hollerback time. I know. And you know what? I picked them to beat the Bucks, And now I'm like, maybe I should have considered that, that PJ Tucker and uh, Drew Holiday a little more, a little more seriously. I need the Bucks to win. I need the Bucks to get to the finals because I have more plugs in Milwaukee than I do in LA. <laughs> like they love my dad out there. They've been amazing to my pops. When we pull up, we get taken care of. Anybody who hasn't been to Pfizer Forum, like, oh, they got the they got the little like all you can eat. I don't know if they still have it, obviously, because of the pandemic, but the little all you can eat spot with the big shrimps, like you know, not the janky shrimps you get in the, the kind of like the really good shrimps that look like they came fresh from the ocean, even though there's not one near there. But you know what I mean? Like just just a great way they, they treat people great. Now I can get this Lakers Bucks finals. I'm literally gonna have action for every game. So I'm super excited about it. Oh yeah, you'll be living the life. Lakers Bucks, it'll be elite. Elite, all, all, all the elite eats too. So, all right, yeah. so I'll ask you about that because the Clippers, the Clippers kind of pulled a move. Now, I trust Ty Lu. I got respect for Ty Lu. So, I don't think he's lying when he says that he, you know, sat PG and Kawhi at the end of the season because he always does that and it was just for rest and it wasn't really to duck anybody, but it sure did look like a little bit like they were ducking the Lakers. And so now they have the Mavs and they just took that L. Uh, how bad will it be for the Clippers if they don't make it out of the first round? I think after the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead last year, like, you know, that that roster that they had last year was probably more poised to do anything. And just as a LeBron Lakers fan, like, yeah, there was definitely some concern about having to see that squad. But at the end of the day, you can only play a team in the Western Conference Finals if that team makes it to the Western Conference Finals. So if they have a 3-1 lead and all hell breaks loose, one of the greatest moments on Twitter when they blew that game, I want to say it was like an 18-point lead going into the fourth, you live for those moments as a tweeter, as somebody like myself who, who really, you know, specializes in trolling and really getting under people's skin because, you know, those are just great times. But now looking at this roster this year, I mean, you got Luca telling Pat Bevy's too small, kind of that, you know, they, Lou Will is now in Atlanta. Just those things that made that team. I was more afraid of Lou Will, to be honest, because that's a guy who can get hot in addition to all those other guys. And really, you know, that's that's where the problem's going to be in the playoffs. Now you look at the squad and it's like, yeah, they, they kind of get past Luka first. And to see them duck the Rockets, duck the Thunder in order to try and duck the Lakers and really get one of those, you know, prime spots, it, it, it's more sad than anything. It's like, you know, this is a team with Kawhi and PG that's supposed to be representative of LA. They got the San Andreas uniforms and frankly, they're just running. They, you know, they don't want any smoke. They're ducking it. They're ducking fades. And that never really works out for you. And, you know, the Lakers, obviously LeBron's, what is year 18, 36 years old. They had 71 days off. And then they had to come back and play a whole season. He had the, the injury and he missed significant time. AD the same. Like these guys are kind of hobbling into the playoffs and this is who you're running from. It's, you know, this is just, you know, it's not a good time to be a Clipper fan. <laughs> uh, I can hear it in your voice. 
So I, I probably already know the answer to this question, but if the Clippers were to win the championship, like, is there any scenario, is there anything the Clippers could do ever to make this a Clippers town, to make Los Angeles a Clippers town? I mean, sadly, look, I, I was, I was a Clipper fan for a long time, but obviously my LeBron love literally trumps everything. So when LeBron right. came to the Lakers and, you know, my dad played during the Donald Sterling era. So let's just say, I don't really have any real loyalty to that franchise to see the way that he treated my dad and my family, you know what I mean? So when LeBron came to the Lakers, it was a great time to dip. But the Clippers, the problem is, you know, they did all this boasting. They they covered up, you know, stable with banner. You know, they didn't. They covered the banners up with with selfies, and you know, the comedy and material writes itself. And whatever side you're on as a Clippers fan, you just got to be humble at this point and be thankful. It'll be your first championship. You know, you can't really be talking crazy to a team that's won 17 championships that runs a city that has their own network. You know, Clippers. You know, they're on prime ticket, whatever it may be. They've they've got some presence locally, but. Everything the Lakers do, they do in grand fashion. They cut the lights off at the game and really give it that Hollywood feel. So I think the Clippers at this point are just trying to play catch up. So as if I was a Clippers fan, I would definitely just be mindful of that. You know, you can brag and boast, but much like Warriors fans, like it's not going to end well for you when you start trying to come at the king. Well, are you worried about the Lakers at all? Because you mentioned, you know, obviously LeBron is coming into the postseason a little banged up. AD as well. AD did not have a good game the other night. Um are you concerned about this? Because obviously they had to, you know, beat the Warriors in an incredible game in the play-in tournament, but this is going to be a long road, like a long, hard road for them. I, I know it's LeBron in the playoffs, so I don't, I'm not going to pick against him to get to the finals, but are you concerned as a, as a LeBron fan? Well, every year that LeBron gets older, obviously there's more and more concern and obviously I'm suffering the injury and coming back. And, you know, those are industry. I remember like 2015, LeBron had a high ankle sprain. I was at, I think, game five against the Bulls, if I'm not mistaken. Suffered like a high ankle sprain, like the third. Proceeded to come back and score like 17, 19 straight. But remember seeing him do that and being like, oh, this might be bad. LeBron went and put some tussing on it. Literally two minutes later, came back in the game. Now he's missing extensive time. And I think, you know, just between us and, you know, and the rest of your listeners that, you know, there was probably some some additional time that was taken off after the injury. And it was more, I don't think as a hooper, you ever want injury, but when you only have 71 days off and you're expected to come play a season and all-star games and all that goodness, there comes a point where you need that rest and you start to value being healthy as opposed to seeding. So they knew what they were into getting into this. Obviously the Suns played great. CP3 is really a franchise changer and a difference maker in the, his ability to come over. That team, obviously without Aiden getting suspended last year, but that 20 plus games, probably would have been in the playoff mix. So, but to see what he's done, taking them from not being in the playoffs last year to a two seed, you have to be scared of that. You have to be, especially the way they came out. It's tough though, because we've seen that a lot in the bubble. We saw it with the Blazers, with the Rockets, you know, the Lakers would kind of squander a game and all hope would be lost from the outside perspective, but we believe. And now it's, we believe volume two, we're not giving <laughs> up on the squad. Even if they go down 2-0, you know, even if they go down 3-0, I feel like when you have LeBron and AD on your team, anything is possible. This is Hollywood. We want a Hollywood ending. And I feel like this squad is poised to repeat because we need, you're in LA, Joy. You know, we need to have a turn up. We did not get the turn up for the no first championship. Up. Lakers and Dodgers, some, some turned up. Some, you know, some didn't adhere to CDC protocols. You know, I'm not, I'm not for or against it, whatever. Go get it. You're Los Angelinos. We're known for getting it cracking. But now I think it's time. For us to really, if we get the repeat and got to go do two parades and one with the Dodgers too, it's going to be a really turned up moment. Summer's going to be cracking, so I'm hoping these Lakers really get it for us. Listen, we outside. I'm double vaxxed, so summer, summer better get here. It's been it's been nice the last two days, but it was cold here in LA this past weekend. I'm I'm a complainer about the weather. So <laughs> well, you come from that Miami weather, so you know it's always that's the one thing you guys do have us beat on is that luxurious like that luxurious weather that you can really just bathing suit anytime with the rollerblades. 
But guys don't really that. like that weather. Why? I feel like women, like, I don't know. I feel like women like that weather more. Anytime I talk about Miami, they're like, oh, it's so hot. It's so humid. I'm like, just walk around with your shirt off. Yeah, that's real. That's real. That's real. What's the problem? I mean, if I could walk around, well, I don't know. Whatever. The point is, like, we basically, <laughs> we ba- I mean, we basically do. Like, women wear whatever we want in Miami. When I first moved to LA, actually, I had to get a whole new wardrobe because I came out here and I lived in Miami for 10 years. And I didn't really know LA like that before I moved. So like the first two weekends I was out, I was like, I feel like, is this what y'all wear? Everyone dresses like a vampire out here. I had all these bright ass, like bandage dresses and like neons. And I'm like, I don't blend around here. I need to, I need to wear a little more black. Oh, now Hollywood, I mean, you know, you can do what you want out here. You can really control the culture and, and people will start doing what you're doing. So really lead it. Wear what you dig. That's what I say. That's, that's the most important thing. I will say that one thing about LA um, is that you you really can wear whatever you want. Like people get surprised when they come out here. They're like, oh, they think you got to be all fancy. And when you go to a restaurant, everybody's like, I wear sweatpants every day. And nobody looks at me sideways every day. <laughs> every day I'm in a hoodie and sweatpants and nobody cares. I think it's because there's so much money out here that people are like, I really don't care if I'm in sweatpants because I have a palatial estate. You want to come see my estate? You worried about my sweatpants? I have an estate. It's funny. I went to a private school, like the school Crossroads. And it was funny, like the richest kids would dress the poorest, like kids who were literally like hundred millionaires lived in Bel Air, but would like be grungy and like, wouldn't, you know what I mean? But that was kind of the thing. So yeah, we, we, we have different, different things that we wear. We obviously have, you know, a solid fashion sense, but you know, we, we influence a lot, but we could do better in some areas. So obviously you're brewing. UCLA had an amazing tournament run. It was so fun. Uh, what are your expectations for, for next year? Are they going to run it back? Are they going to get this, get this national championship? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have a squad. We're going to have UCLA cracking. Shout out to Martin Jarman, who's a, the new AD, who just, I think, celebrated his one-year anniversary. You know, he's really brought in and reinvigorated kind of the, the program and gotten, you know, he's a former Hooper, so he definitely connects and relates to Hoopers. And it's just a different feel that, that's been there for a while. I think Mick Crone has come in. And really run a tight ship. You know, he, he's a he's a hard guy, but he he you know he the players love him and he gets results. So I think the squad. I was funny. I was talking to Martin Jarman before the tournament started. I think it was right after they had won like one of the first four games. I'm like, yo, this squad this squad can do something in this tournament, man. Like they they have the the team. Johnny Juzang obviously joining the illustrious history of, of light skinned dudes with curls at UCLA to perform. I'm talking about Toby Bailey's, Chris Johnson's, Jordan Farmars. Dudes with just fluffy curls, Josh Ship, who had a, a Fairfax-style curl that was more pro-style than real jail, but really, you know, a, a squad full of dudes. So for Johnny Juzang, I'm good friends with his mom, who was married to, to Michael Cooper for a long time, Wanda. She, you know, just a great family. And to see him out there doing this, putting up work, you know, I think, you know, one of like three players in UCLA history to put up the numbers may have like the all-time, you know, leading points per game, I want to say. But Mick's got a new crew coming in, Peyton Watson. He's got some guys, you know, that are really coming in ready to do work. And, you know, the level of excellence that he demands is just going to be great now as a fan to be able to enjoy it, to see Poly Pavilion sold out, rocking, turned up, to see all the former players there getting it in, hanging out at the Pavilion Club, really popping our collars, reconnecting, rejuvenating this fan base and bringing everything back to life. But I'm excited. Like, I'm, I'm happy to be a Bruin, you know, these games. For the last few years, some of those games, it's been tough go-to. You know, I feel like a lot of times fans are going based on who they're playing as opposed to I was always taught you go to support the team. I don't care if it's Cal State Fullerton or Duke or whoever. Let's sell this joint out. Let's really bring that kind of just spirit and, and fan them back to Westwood and turn up. Yeah, I thought they that they were a really tough team. 
they played hard, like all, all these cliche cliches, but they really were not like a finesse team. Like they really had a lot of, a lot of grit and attitude to them. Um, and it was fun to watch. And you're right. Like that's, that's going to be an amazing experience for alumni and for fans to have Polly cracking again like that. So uh, it was, it was nice to see. And you mentioned the illustrious history of uh, light skin, curly hair players at UCLA, which was a very popular Twitter uh, thread that you, <laughs> that you created. It was shared a lot. Where do you get, like, obviously that's like, you're a Bruin. So that would, you know, that would come to you, yeah. but like, is there uh, other shows or other podcasts or people that really like influence you or give you a lot of inspiration? I mean, think for people like me, like Dragonfly Jones, uh, LeJethro Jenkins, people like yeah. that, Jesus obviously people like Cuffs the Legend, who Cuffs has tweeted a lot about light-skinned dudes at UCLA, but that's kind of always been the joke, you know, when we were there, just the curls and like, you know, we had dudes that it'd be like curl battles on the squad, who's got the best curls and it'd be generational. So me and Chris, my older brother, would be battling Toby and Moose Bailey for who has best curl, you know what I mean? Moose, it's just yeah. <laughs> things, things like that. These are discussions that happen when all the players are back amongst each other. Matt Barnes kind of has an elder barge thing going on, technically a curl, but he can be included in the mix in these type of situations. But yeah, we definitely, as, as LA dudes and light-skinned dudes in California, especially Los Angeles, you pride yourself on your curl, maximum hold, the ability to be all conditions, whether you're in the Valley or LA, Santa Monica, downtown. Like these are different, these are different climates. Different that elements, you have to deal with. yes. Yeah, yep. you know, those elements can, you know, if you're in the Valley and your curl's not properly prepared, it'll dry up like a raisin in the sun, you know what I'm saying? Versus where if you're by the beach, you know, you're going to get that, the sandy and the wind in there. So it really has to get the hold and the sheen going. But these are things that we really talk about and discuss in, in really in depth. And I think people hear it and they kind of laugh about it. But I remember I put that thing up and that idea came to me at like two o'clock, let's say. And I'm like, I'm just gonna put this up real quick. I remember hitting my brother. People look at the thread and like, how come your brother, like, because I, I try to find a picture of him, but I can only find pictures of him when he had the, you know, the flat top or the, the he didn't have the curl. And I hit him like, yo, give me, give me a curl shot. And he, we couldn't find one. So I had to use one with him and Clint just for stunting purposes. But the end of the day and I didn't include myself just out of respect to those guys because it wouldn't have been a competition if I was involved and I wanted them to get some shine I didn't want it to be all about me that's very thoughtful <laughs> <laughs> um all right I didn't ask you to prepare these so I'm gonna just hit you with them um but because you are a gatekeeper of culture on social media I don't think it should be too hard uh but so one is more of your opinion give me three movies that have that pro have provided the most like memes or gifs for you so for for me i'm, I'm kind of out there but i love john singleton's catalog so baby boy boys in the hood would be two and then a show not necessarily a movie but the wire the wire has honestly throughout their five seasons some of the greatest memeable moments photos screen grabs and they work because a lot of people have seen that show so it's super relatable but even if you haven't seen it like the weebay meme i think about you know the the, the weebay gif is one of the most used just of all time even the people that haven't seen the show but those type of things, that, that that level of black culture, that stuff too. I just like to keep the, the legends alive and keep their memory alive and let them know how much we appreciate them. Also Friday, obviously, shout out to Ice Cube and DJ Pooh and just everybody involved with that project. Chris Tucker, like, will give you some gems. And that's another one that everybody's seen. So it's relatable, whether you're black, white, Asian, Latino, whatever it may be, you know Friday and you know Friday quotable. So I try to just go with the things that are more mainstream, but more mainstream from an urban standpoint. Like, yo, the black community really made these hot. Then everybody kind of jumped on board and really respects them now. What are your top five basketball movies? Like, do Ooh. you have a, do you have an outlier? Because I feel like everybody lists the same ones. 
Yeah, my outlier definitely is Slam Dunk Ernest, which, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in it. Ernest gets a pair of magical shoes that make him like a super athlete. I was big into the Ernest movies, like Ernest and the Trolls and, you know, all, all those type of things. Like Ernest goes to camp. That was kind of like, you know, my, my, my time period where I could really rock with stuff. So Slam Dunk, Dunk Ernest definitely. But White Man Can't Jump, he got game. Ooh, I'm trying to think. Above the Rim, obviously. Uh, Blue Chips would be the other four. And I know I'm probably leaving something out. So I'm going to be like, oh, maybe you say whatever. And it's like, dude, like, you know, I'm on the spot. So I'm trying to give you my best. I know. Blue I, chip. Never, I should have asked you ahead of time uh, with the no, list. No, because but... I, I don't like to prep because how I feel day to day is how I feel. So I appreciate you for not doing that. Really put me on the spot because they're forcing me to remember these great moments in my life. Where do you put love in, ba- love in basketball? I think that's one that I did not include. And that's one that should be in the mix. But it's tough for me to watch Love and Basketball. And I tell a lot of people this, like when you look at that story, it's kind of loosely based on my dad and my brother. Like, you know, they both happened to go to Crenshaw and be player of the years. They both went to UCLA. This one takes place at SC, but Gina Price-Bythewood, who wrote the movie, went to UCLA. Obviously, Charles O'Bannon had one of the greatest acting performances for a, for a college basketball player of all time, making the cameo, asking Omar Epps' character to go get some wings. But great movie. It's tough for me to watch that movie. Not tough, but I really enjoy it just because of the nostalgia Right. Like seeing Crenshaw, like they filmed that around the time I went to Crenshaw for two years and I finished at the school Montclair Prep, but they filmed that around the time that I was at Crenshaw. So seeing kids like Coach Dennis, who was my coach on the freshman team when I was a freshman there, has like, you know, some, some cameos in the joint and just other people that are our Crenshaw staffers and just the whole community kind of, you know, people that I played with getting, getting extra roles and stuff. So it was really cool to see and, and also just a great movie and, uh, you know, Definitely, it should be in my top five. So slam dunk, Ernest can get the honorable mention just as a courtesy, but loving basketball is in there. If you had a, if we were going to give someone a cheat code for for who to follow to get into NBA Twitter, besides yourself, of course. Ooh, ooh what can I say? Like, ooh. Um, probably, I'll say Jasmine L. Watkins, I think is a- Strong, you know, she, strong. Yeah, she is she, amazing. She's like five tooler, like, you know, comes with a lot of different stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but definitely I see, like, it's funny. I'll see people out there and it's like, when I see jobs pop up and people are like, oh, and people hit me like, who should we hire? I'm like, yo, like if, if I can see it, I almost need to do like a Craigslist, but call it just size list. Right. It's like, yo, these are the people that are moving and shaking. And whenever I see a job op, I'm always trying to connect them with people that I know can get it. So I'll DM random people that follow me sometimes. They'll post job postings. I'm like, yo, holler, just hire such and such. You don't need to waste your time with anything else. And they're like, oh, man, well, if it's coming from you, then it means something. It's like, yeah, I don't waste my time DMing people unless I feel strongly. Like, my name is my name. I would never suggest somebody. But Jasmine does a great job. Dragonfly Jones, I feel like, is more just all-encompassing Twitter. But music, like, he just the way his mind works and people always look at me like, oh man, you're so smart, whatever. It's like, nah, man, I look at Dragonfly and that's kind of one of the reasons that I really started to do all this Twitter stuff because the stuff he would just say, and that's kind of my mind works similarly, not nearly as well as his does, but I'll just think of the most random obscure stuff and want to tweet it out and then find out that not a lot of other people thought the same thing or then they finally think about it. It's like, oh man, I never looked at it that way, but really kind of stream of consciousness, but has just this deep library of music, pop culture, basketball just super knowledgeable and a great dude i met him a couple years ago for the first time we gave each other a big hug because it's just like this is a dude that you really rock with like you see him on all all areas of twitter but he's always coming through with really informed takes he's obviously intelligent he's a lebron guy so like myself so somebody you can rock with him lejethro the kid merrill obviously is another one the kid merrill like for for the east coast side is literally putting up some of the greatest numbers ever one of the most hilarious human beings ever and a good friend so a lot of people that are influential on that side but i think jasmine 
for if you want to know what NBA Twitter is from the culture, the jokes, the memes, whatever's going on, she has a great handle and gets stuff out, you know, quick. It's tough because she'll put stuff out. I'm like, damn, I can't even come to the paint today because she already done, you know, took the block over. I got to, I got to chill. I just got to, you know, wait my turn now, but I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see this Twitter culture really growing and expanding and people actually realizing they could actually make money doing this. Like 10, 15 years ago, I was like, hey, I'm going to make memes. Like everybody would have laughed at me. Like I'm a 39 year old man that makes memes and I get paid a lot to do it. So it's opened up a lot of doors. And I think the younger generation is really starting to see the value of, of what these memes can do. And it's a whole new form of communication that's dominating the sports industry. Yeah, no, I've loved to see how you've exploded over the past couple of years because it's, you, you'll be on it. And like, I, I have to like control myself. I'm like, I can't be retweeting all Josiah's tweets. Like <laughs> I got to yeah, fix it sure. up. I got to reserve what, like every other day, but you're just, you just, you, you're on top of it. It is really impressive. Cause I know you got a lot going on. So I'm, I'm shook. Like, I'm like, I can't keep up. I don't know how you do it. But one, one thing before I let you go, cause you're a real one. And people ask me about this all the time. And one part of social media obviously is real trolls like you're you're joking you're putting out content making people laugh making people think but there is that element of social media where it's real life people who just make fake accounts and talk crazy shit to people that they will never meet and sometimes it escalates to like you know death threats and all kinds of crazy shit. um i know how i deal with it but how do you deal with it well, Drew, I know how you deal with it as well. And I really respect and appreciate you because I, I look at the stuff that you deal with on the daily. And we got, we've gone into a world now where people like back in the day, like a lot of people still create burners and operate that way, but it's a lot of people just from their regular account now that, you know, especially for somebody like yourself to say the most outlandish, absurd, rude, disrespectful shit. Like we talked about earlier, like stuff that you would never say if I was in front of you right now. It's dudes that know, you know, they can have no chance with you, but they're, they're going to shoot their shot on the tweet with like the most random, obscure, like nasty, mean-spirited, or, you know, both of us, like my dad played in the NBA, obviously your brother's a Hall of Famer in the NFL. So people assume, oh, you just got this job because of family. It's like, yeah, I can get an interview because of family. I can't keep a job. Believe me, I didn't work with tons. There's tons of people that have, you know, sons, fathers, brothers, sisters, whatever. Believe me, that, that that's a humongous network. So we have to rise to the cream above all that to be able to perform. But even like you were saying, looking at my social, like I'm big on watching people's social growth. It's like this weird thing that like, you know, kind of dominates my life. So even seeing your numbers run up, you know what I'm saying, on Instagram and everything you're doing constantly and, and, you know, just your star power and seeing you call games and all that great stuff. It's like, this is the world now. Back in the day, like ESPN was, and a lot of these companies were predicated on, you had to be a journalist and this is the only way that you could really get a lane and around the horn and PTI and all those type of things. Where now you have to be a little bit of everything. You got to be funny. You got to be talented. You got to be smart. You got to know every sport that you're talking about. You got to be able to talk great, look great, act great, tweet great. But the thing that people look at me, they're like, oh, you're the king of Twitter. It's like, yeah, this came, they don't remember in 2019 before we could see quote tweets, but the just the, the bombardment of tomatoes and you suck and I hope you get cancer and you're fat and you're this and you're that and all the shit that you get. And for me, it's like, yo, a lot of people succumb to that and it makes them not want to tweet me. Like, I just kind of laugh about it because I know I literally have people that are creating troll accounts literally just to tweet at me. And that's like the most saddest and pathetic thing. And it's like, like I just think about them. I think where, where my life is at. And I honestly feel pity and like, you know, really like take pride in the fact that they're at work now frustrated. Like they're telling their kids how much they hate me and their kids are looking at you like, I don't even want to like bring you to bring your parents to work day because you're an embarrassment. You know what I mean? This, these are the things that I really take pride in. So to see that work, because a lot of people are like, man, I want to get in social and I want to do this and I want to do that. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff, but you're not going to skip the, the difficult stuff because as soon as your numbers start to rise, people hate you. They don't want you to succeed. They, they're more than happy to see 
you fail and they honestly root for that. So I just kind of wake up every day because I know I got a ton of people support me too. And it's like, well, if Jordan Peele supports me, I'm less offended by, you know, person with like 45 numbers at the end of their handle who thinks I'm the worst ever. Like, you know, if I see both of those in a day, I'm probably going to gravitate towards the Jordan Peele, like praise as opposed to like this loser's hate. But it does wear on you. We are human beings. And like you think about people like LeBron and, and people like KD and people like that. And it's like they deal with this constantly. Beyonce, one of the most talented people ever. I'm sure she gets a barrage of hate and, you know, all types of rude comments. Serena Williams, another person I know, you know, gets compared to and, you know, just some of the rudest, nasty, violent stuff. And this is also a part of the game. So in order to really survive and sustain, you're going to have to deal with a lot of that negativity. But you rise from it. And look, you know, I'm making a lot of money right now. The IRS knows me by first name. Like they know I'm, I'm contributing a lot. I've provided a lot of stimmies. So I'll take that hate because I know at the end of the day, a lot of people rock with me and support me and want to see me get to where I'm going to get to. Yeah, you know, you will, you shouldn't take uh, advice from somebody you are. What is it? You shouldn't take criticism from someone you, you wouldn't take advice from. So like <laughs> that, That's like cool. I, I, I f***ed it up, but but you get what I'm saying. Like I don't, yeah. I wouldn't let you watch my pet rock. Why would I be taking advice about what I do every day uh, yeah. from you? And you do have a lot of people that support you because you do great work um, and you're the homie. And I really appreciate uh, you coming on. And a lot of people appreciate what you do. I appreciate what you do on social media because you make me laugh and make me think. And it's been a crazy, crazy fucking year for all of us. So I've deeply appreciated it because there's been many nights where I'd, I was just chilling on Twitter and was fully entertained. So um, we love your work. Well, I, I'm gonna say I appreciate you too, because I see, you know, I see all the stuff that you do with and how you're thriving and really out there shining. And I'll see you come at troll sometimes. And I'm like, damn, I can't even really, I can't even really feel bad with what I'm getting. Cause I know you're getting this every, every time you tweet, it doesn't matter what it is. You know what I'm saying? You might put a photo of whatever it may be. And I'll just look, like I said, I monitor social. I look at trends and things. And it's like, we just, there's this trend where people feel like they can say whatever they want to people. And it's like, you would never do that in person ever. Never, never. Matter of fact, as, if as you, you, you tweet I, this crazy you, shit at me. You and I know like the most because you, you, I think also like if you play sports in a weird way, it even kind of amplifies that because like, I hooped, I ran track, played soccer, played volleyball. Like if you gonna talk shit, you better, there is a very good chance you will have hands laid on you or even just, you know, <laughs> where you're from in the world. Like I don't walk around the world assuming at any time there's, there's something could happen. And people really act like that. that's how the world is. Like you could just say whatever yeah. you want and there's no consequences. And, um, and that's not real life. And that's not real life. So yeah, that's, that's why it doesn't, bother me and I and I would like say like bother loosely because obviously it's annoying to read and see stuff like that but it yeah. doesn't hurt my spirit because I'm like they that person would rather like really smack their mama than say that to my face yeah for sure I, I really love and enjoy it now because like damn you took time out of your day to hate on me and I must be doing something to get your attention because I never see what you tweet about honestly you know what I mean like, I never see what you know what, what I don't like it's all oh, I hate you whatever like great I don't even know you like <laughs> Hey, me all you want. I don't even know you exist. So apparently I don't even follow you. Like, yeah. But my thing is like when people block me, I'll look at like, you know, who their friends are and then I'll just make content geared to their, like I say, they're, they're Seahawks fans or whatever it may be. I'll just make content that's geared to them that I know they'll retweet and constantly just flood that person's timeline with. And that's my ultimate F you to them is like, look, whether you block me or not, you're still going to see my shit, So get over it. <laughs> that's maniacal, but I'm here for it. <laughs> Strategic. I'm, I mean, I'm, definitely. I'm petty like that too, for sure. <laughs>
<laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on with us, Josiah. I really appreciate it. Uh, we've been wanting to have you on for a while. If you don't follow the king, the king of social media, King Josiah54, uh, check out Out of Pocket on Buckets. And he is the producer of Colin in Black and White on Netflix with Ava DuVernay and Michael Starberry, a limited series on Colin Kaepernick's life. So make sure you check that out as well. Uh, thank you for stopping by. I appreciate it. Hope the family as well. It was good to see your, your dad and talk to him earlier also. Um, and enjoy the rest of the Thank you for playoffs. that love on the show. That Honestly, I got like four people tweeting at me like, yo, your dad's on the herd right now. <laughs> so I, I hustled over, turned the TV on. And then I saw you just, you know, you know, give me the shout out. And I really, really appreciate it. And then my pops really took it and ran with it. So Steph Curry, if you listen to this pod, my dad yes. got a movie that he, that he's, he wrote, it's called Burning for Justice. It's about the integration of the LAPD, or LA Fire Department. If you're looking for a role, he has a great small role for you, but it's impactful. Deliver your lines with angst. Give him a look, holler at holler Pops. And I'm gonna get the, and let's get my dad in the Hall of Fame too while we're here. So might yes. as well just do that in, in campaign. We're running the full campaign for him, but appreciate you for having me on. I hope I can come on again soon. I know how, we've been trying to do this for a while. So we got it done. I'm super excited about it, that the people get to really hear us flourishing. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You're, yeah. I talked to your dad uh, briefly in the break. So I had, I had to say hi. Cause he was nice enough to come on the pot. He probably don't remember. Um, Cause he's big time, but he came on the podcast with me a long time ago. Um, but I had to let him know that you were coming on the pod today. So uh, of course we got to show you love, but I appreciate it. Just I. All right. Thank you. With it. With it. What's up, Heller? What's going on with it? Acquit it today. What's up, Joy? Talking some more hoops. Um, you know, it's the playoffs and what have you. And as we know, LeBron is still the face of the NBA. But remaking classic films and opening a school seem like clues to the young ballers in the association that the throne may be available soon. The playoffs are the perfect place uh, to make your name known and to prove your game is grown. Trey Young lit up the garden. Luka Doncic big time the Clippers. Devin Booker smacked up the Lakers. Uh, and somewhere in New Orleans, Zion Williams enjoyed a plate of beignets. Joy, Zion has a, has serious competition for the future face of the NBA. Quit it or quit it. Yeah, Zion is definitely in in the front of the line for sure for really? who is yeah i mean come on definitely like he's he's likable he's a star already he hasn't made the playoffs and he's still he's still discussable um his game is like nothing we've really ever seen before yeah. so zion is definitely the front runner right now for the future face of the nba now look i don't but... think that this is an immediate transition that's going to happen like lebron is still gonna be around for quite a few more years and as long as lebron is playing lebron is the face of the nba whether he's in the finals or not that's just how it goes yeah because he's the king so that's that's going that's going to be the case no matter what i also think kd has a couple of years left in him and when and if lebron ever retires if kd is still around kd will probably amply slide right into that De role facto, so okay, i don't yeah. I don't think that this is like a, you know, next two years kind of transition. Like three, four or five. But yeah, three or four or five, uh, you know, projection down the road. I mean, but the future of the NBA is bright. Like e every time we start to get into a space where it's like, oh, like what's the NBA going to do? Like what's happening with the NBA? Uh, <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine because it's the second most popular league in the 
United States of America, which is the only country on earth that matters. If you ask anyone from yeah, the United States right. of America. So yeah, I mean, they're gonna be fine. Zion is incredible. Luca, unbelievable. Ja Morant was fantastic. Okay. You have LaMelo ball winning rookie of the year. Oh yeah. Devin Booker. Amazing. Like there's so many great. And, and not only are they already stars, they're great and fun to watch and have huge personalities and are okay being in that, you know, space with social media because they grew up in that. Grew up like, in it, yeah. It's it's a whole different world. So I, I love it. I'm here for it. I was so happy to see the young stars thrive this uh opening weekend for the NBA playoffs. I wish Tyler Hero was in that conversation, but that's <laughs> where'd he go? Where'd he go, Joey? He went to live on Sunday, is where he went. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him, but yeah, it's exciting. I'm I'm happy about it. And you know, the, the playing game, I had my moments, um, as I always as I always do, because I'm on the right yeah. side of everything. Um, getting to have a good hearty laugh at the expense of the morons who said that no one's gonna watch the NBA anymore and it's gonna fail because you know they care about black people uh, right living and dying. So you know, it, it's, it is what it is. Like, you're not going to replace sports. It's just the way it goes. We're going to continue to watch this incredible league with great players, great stars, amazing competition and great stories. And I thought this opening weekend for the NBA playoffs in, an, in a very unique setting for the NBA playoffs, because aside from the play-in games, which were super fun outside yeah. of one, which was a blowout. Every team has a major flaw. So even the no, teams yeah. that are the quote unquote super teams and the Nets no and the Lakers not. and the Clippers are still completely flawed, whether it's injury, whether it's continuity, whether it's, you know, issues about closing, like it's, it's the stars haven't played together, whatever it is, everyone's flawed. So this year is the ultimate parody year for the NBA as well, which could really lead to some interesting outcomes. Of course, we don't even know what's going to happen with the Lakers in this first series. I think they'll win but like the Clippers could get knocked. Like there could be a lot of upsets. It's, it's been an amazing opening weekends for the NBA playoffs. I'm excited to see what happens today and throughout the week. Um, But overall uh, couldn't have been happier sitting my ass on the couch, watching all that NBA this weekend. Yeah. The NBA was very enjoyable. I was still miserable because the Warriors got screwed out of the eight seed, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I still think the playing tournament added excitement, even though obviously one fan base uh, is pretty upset about it. Isn't it crazy? that LeBron has been the face of the league since I'm going to say sidekicks were the popular phone of choice. It Even is crazy. It's a, it's a testament like, to truly how amazing he really is. Like I have gone through a lot of waves of my appreciation for LeBron James. And facts. I, I can't say like enough amazing things about what he has done with his career. It's remarkable in any business. What LeBron James is doing would be remarkable, but in the business of sports, it's, it's an extra added element of like, just it's unspeakable what he's doing. It's incredible. Right. And so few, I, I think we've talked about this before, but so, so few blips, so, so few missteps um really just you know you got to really try if you're out there hating lebron james you're trying pretty hard to make that happen for yourself so well you know he didn't denounce china which i i had i had <laughs> who no did, joy? idea joy, who, who did no just out of curiosity idea 
no idea that so many people in the United States of America had such a deep affection for China and such deep, intimate knowledge of their uh, culture and yeah. government. So I, I think I underestimated that part of American society because um, apparently there's a lot of people out here who are like very anti-supporting the Chinese government and Chinese economy. And you can see that because they don't buy anything from China. Of course, everything I'm saying is yeah, fully sarcastic. You're being, you're, you're being if you're facetious. Not, if you're not tracking with me, all of you are raging hypocrites and morons. I, I heard they got some great, great cheaply priced DVDs over there in China. That's about all I got. I mean it with everything I'm saying. You're a hypocrite and a moron if you're talking about that. So there's just that. Because yeah, what you're going to do is you're going to pick up your phone that's made in China. And you're going to tweet me about it. Right. <laughs> all right. Let's move from hypocrites and morons to the Lakers or to the Clippers and the Mavericks. Okay. Um, as we mentioned, Luka Doncic and the Mavericks uh, beat the Clippers to take a 1-0 series lead. Clipper star uh, Paul, Paul George, who refers to himself as Playoff P when he's feeling frisky, wasn't shook after the Clips game one loss, saying, quote, we got the same pressure every team has in the playoffs. We want to be the last team standing. We got to do better in game two. Joy, the Clippers are fine. No pressure P. Wit it or quit it. All the pressure on the Clippers. Do you there really um, was not go ahead? Really quickly before we get into the actual uh, meat of this conversation, when I hear playoff P, the nickname he gave himself, the first thing I think of is pleasure P from Pretty Ricky. Same. So that's just Same. yeah. Same so player. yeah, and they're and the Clippers are gonna have to grind on the uh, <laughs> Mavs to get a win in game two. <laughs> Relax your mind and take your time <laughs> with me. Bangers. I apologize. Pretty Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Pretty, pretty, pretty Ricky. Listen, we got to get back on track. All the pressure's on the Clippers. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. I didn't think there was really a lot of pressure on any team going into this playoffs because, as I just mentioned, it's the ultimate parody. But then the Clippers pulled some move at the end of the season, which I talked about this with Josiah. I don't, I trust Ty Lue wasn't lying when he said he wanted to sit them for health reasons, but the problem is it looks like you were ducking the Lakers and what it looks like is really all that matters. So I, I don't know. I think if the Clippers lose this, they're going to probably have a lot of pressure to blow this up. They're not going to fire Ty Lue, obviously, but they're going to have to bring in somebody else. They're going to have to make some trades because this is Los Angeles and you can't just be out here losing to the Mavs in the first round of the playoffs. Like it doesn't matter what the situation is when you have Kawhi Leonard and and Paul George, and you have a billionaire owner that's very visible. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Clippers do if they don't make it out of this first first round. I mean, I think they will. I, I think in the seven-game series, the Clippers will end up winning. But even if they lose in the second round, like if they don't make it to at least the Western Conference Finals and make some noise, it could be really problematic for them going into the offseason. I don't have them going yep. to the finals. I think that they're going to meet the Lakers there and lose, which will – be saddening, but if they do it in a way that's at least respectful, if it goes six or seven games and, and the series is very competitive and you just, you know, you're just not the better team, that's one thing. Yeah. That I don't think will will cause such a ripple. But if it's anything less than that, at any point earlier than that, 
there's there's going to be some problems. So yes, I think there is a lot of pressure on the Clippers. Yeah, and as a as a uh, fan of a team who got jobbed out of the playoffs and missed it for the second year in a row, it's a little nuts to say what I'm about to say. But for the clip for the Clippers last year was an abject failure. Like they oh, yeah. the no, expectations absolutely. were much higher. I know they made the playoffs. I know they were a decent seed even. I know they even they, what they won one series and lost the second series. But like they need to do better than that, or else like they they retooled for this they got rid of doc they brought in serge Ibaka, like they nick batum they retooled for this so they they need to make it count and i think they will still the, the mavs i think are a bad matchup i don't think that game planning to get the you don't want to play the lakers later you want to play the lakers now so i don't know what all that game planning was but it left them with a not great matchup luca's a a dude Luca ain't shook. He's out here telling Pat Beverly how small he is, and he's not wrong. So, I mean, I just I hope the Clippers can get by. Um, just for my job, we'll see. I'm with, uh, for your sakes. I'm hoping that they win because you're right. Marcel Marcellus will be happier. It'll be more interesting though, too. Also, the Clippers move on. Notice to the Mavs. I love the Mavs, but the Clippers are more discussable. <laughs> All right, before we get started with high key, low key, we have a bit of an announcement. Our very own Donnie is leaving us, he is yes. moving on. Um, I don't know if you want to say where you're going or not. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be working at uh, Spotify slash The Ringer. Um, I'm going to be working on a podcast called Higher Learning um, hey, with Ben Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. Uh, yeah, tell me that. <laughs> Yeah. You didn't tell me that. I it love, is, yeah. I love Rachel and Van. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, wow. Well, that, okay. So that was a genuine response. Cause you just told me you were going to Spotify. <laughs> yeah. You didn't tell me that you were, uh, joining their podcast. Okay. Well, shout out. Higher learning is an awesome podcast. Um, yeah. and Rachel and Van are great and I'm super excited for you. And, uh, as you know, we love you guys very much oh, and love you guys too. It's, You've uh, been crazy gang forever. Always crazy gang forever. Um, <laughs> we've been doing the podcast for, for quite a while now, and we've had a bit of a, a circulation of, of people, um, which, which always makes me happy that people are moving on and moving up to, you know, bigger, better opportunities. Um, and I'm super happy for you. And that's awesome. And I didn't I know that that's the podcast you were going to, but that's awesome. Um, so congratulations. It's well-deserved. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so this is Donnie's last high key, low key with us. So I guess I better make it a good one. <laughs> I better make it a good one. Let me not mess up on these reads at all. Let's see if I can get it clean. No stumbles, no stumbles, no whammies. All right. <laughs> high key in high school news. Five-star guard and owner of my favorite name, Scooter Henderson, is foregoing his senior season to join the NBA G League Ignite program, becoming the youngest pro in American basketball history. Low key. With the NCAA stumbling to allow athletes to profit off their names and likenesses, Joy, do you foresee this being a trend or the norm? I don't think that it's going to catch on as much as these, you know, old schoolers are freaking out about it. You know, <laughs> I don't like change. <laughs> I don't like change. No progress. No. <laughs> Look, it's not going to be a standard thing. First of all, most people are not ready to go pro in high school or even right after high school. So there's always going to be the traditional route of going to college and yeah. 
being in college for a short amount of time, if you're a college basketball player and you're good enough or the normal amount of time, if you're a college football player and that's what you're doing. But if you can leave and start a year early, or if you can leave and start being a professional early in, in the case of, of basketball, because obviously you still have to go to college if you're a football player. Right. And you have the capacity to do that in the body to do that and the support system to do that. Then who cares? Who yeah. cares? What is it bothering you? The, po- the reason why people freak out about this is like, it's got kale college sports. <laughs> and you know, these kids are throwing their lives away. Like it's not going to be the normal thing to do. Kids are still going to go to college. Yeah. All right. Yep. Your senior year of high school, you're essentially learning the same stuff. Your freshman year of college. Anyway, if you ever been to college, um, all classes I took my freshman year of college, I was like, didn't I just take this in high school? So like, why am I taking this again? Why am True. I paying? Oh, so I can be in more debt and you can keep me here for an extra year. Ooh. Yep. On top of uh, it. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for making your money, handling your life and your career, however it is that you want to. People leave high school all the time, get their GEDs later and go on to to live happy lives. Um, People graduate from high school and go right into their profession and don't go to college. They're successful that way. There is no one way to be successful. There's no one way to direct your life. If you have a support system, if you have the body, physically, you know, you're developed enough to make that move. Yeah. And you feel like that's the right thing for you and school's not for you. Who cares? Why can't there be options? That's, that's my question. Like this idea that it's like, oh, well, your education, education, some education. Okay. And I'm an educated <laughs> woman. All right. I, 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 I worked very hard in my college degree and I'm very proud of it, but everybody doesn't have to go to college just because I went to college. Everybody doesn't have to take that, that path just because mm-hmm. I did. Colin didn't graduate from college. He's doing fine. He's, He's doing, doing well. pretty good. Yeah. He's doing yeah. well. Okay. He's not complaining. He's right. He's not complaining. <laughs> it's a very nice life. Okay. And a fantastic career. And he made the decision to leave college early because he got an awesome job offer. So if we listen to all these, you know, old school people who freak out about everything. And, you know, he's doomed to failure. Like, I'm not encouraging kids not to go to school. I think that you should get an education. Okay. I, I do think that it, it, it opens doors for you. It gives you opportunities. But when it comes to sports, you have a very limited window physically to be yep. successful. And if you can accelerate it, if you can skip the line by going to get professional training or compete against professional level athletes, or just make some extra money because maybe your family could use a million dollars, then do that and yeah. finish your schooling later. You can always go back to college. You cannot always play professional sports. You cannot always play uh, college level sports. So get your education, whatever you need your education. And if you make mm-hmm. enough money, you'll have plenty of money to pay for your education. So exactly. I just, I'm all for options. It's not going to be a floodgate situation. So everyone needs to stop panicking. It's fine to have options and every other walk of life. That's not sports. We're totally okay with people doing that. This is just because it's sports. We're like, you have to follow this like traditional box, like path to success and it's just weird to me who cares it's not everyone's not going to do it everyone's not physically ready to go from high school to the pros so Mm -hmm. it just and it's up to the leagues anyway like the leagues could be like look like i cool that you left school early cool that you left high school early but we don't think you're mature enough or or your body's ready so you're gonna have to stay it's up to the leagues. there's no guarantees so just who cares it's more avenues to more revenue, I feel like. Exactly. And like, there's no problem with that. All right. High key. 
The Packers, they should take some notes from the Seahawks after Russell Wilson has reportedly recommitted to the team for 2021. But low-key, the report specifically says through 2021. Joy, what are the chances this reconciliation is just temporary? And by this time, next offseason, we're kind of back where we started. No, I think they fix things. You think I so? I think they fix things. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be optimistic in this situation. I think they okay. fix things. I think I think overall it's good for Russell Wilson's brand to be in Seattle. He is the big dog in Seattle. He might end up going somewhere else and they're not competitive. Say like the Raiders. I can't remember the other teams he had on his list. Cowboys is obviously off the list. Um yeah, I forgot. It seems like a long time New ago. Orleans, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it was the Falcons. I can't remember. The Bears. Were the Bears. Was Bears yep. is off the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yep. the Bears. Bears is yep. off the list. So I think he's going to stay there. I think they sorted it out. I think it's it should be a good lesson for the Packers because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not at OTAs this week, which isn't terribly surprising. And why does he need to be? He's the MVP. Yeah, he's got it. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> right. But he just recently talked about, you know, what the issue was there. And he basically just said, it's like, it's the culture. It's the, it's the humans there that are causing the problems for the players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they refuse to do whatever it is that he wants them to do. And I think the situation with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson is a good example of like, drop the pride guys. Like you have a hall of fame quarterback in his prime figure it the f- out like figure it out. what is your plan <laughs> what is your plan you're just gonna wing it like yeah, you're gonna let yeah. this guy walk out the door like it's insanity to me i will never understand it and it seems as if green bay fans are like turning on aaron Rodgers now too which i i know it's it's fans like fans are out of their minds and are not rational Fanatical. right yeah exactly fans are fanatical um so I get that, that their loyalty lies with them, but man, it's just such, so crazy. It's such a weird thing. Like that's not, that's not going to work. Yeah. Keep your, yeah. keep your, keep your star quarterback. It's that's my advice. It's pretty simple. Yep. All right. High key a month shy of 51. Phil Mickelson became the oldest. Hold on. Peter is going crazy. What are you doing? All right. Take four. High key a month shy of 51 Phil Mickelson became the oldest golfer ever to win a major and fans in attendance were so amped it was scary <laughs> Loki okay Loki the Im- okay I'm, okay it's okay Loki the images of the crowd surrounding Phil was pure nightmare fuel for me and the PGA CEO apologized for the lack of crowd control Joy did you see the crowds and like me was that terrifying to you i know you don't like crowds i don't like crowds but i've never liked crowds it's not it's not been a a pandemic thing i just you know there's just too many humans yeah exactly um i don't know like things are starting to get back to normal i don't know how many vaccinated folk were in that crowd yeah i don't i don't want to be judgy but um i I actually was kind of glad that that phil was able to do that in front of a crowd golf was kind of weird without crowds uh i i mean it, it yes like golf was weird without crowds it, it just it just was it was so quiet from yeah, an already quiet. very quiet sport exactly um but i loved phil phil doing that it was exciting got an incredible rating and i love when golf has that kind of urgency and stories golf is so good when it has that yeah and, it's all about and storylines yeah and phil was he was unbelievable i love it 
him giving it to those young guys. And I <laughs> love, did you see the Brooks Kepka <laughs> interview oh, yeah, afterwards? Yeah, yeah, he, he hates Dishambo. <laughs> he hates Dishambo so much. He could not control himself. Yep, yep. That was so funny. I watched it like 30 times. I gotta know. Like, is there a story why they don't like each other? Like, yeah, yeah. There's gotta be. There's gotta be a backstory that we're not privy to. Yo, sure. that was hilarious. I'm yep. like, when you are on camera and you know this is gonna go out and you still go, you still hit him with that eye roll. He hit him with the he hit him with the uh like seventh grade girl eye roll, like <laughs> He put the neck he into it, it. <laughs> he took it back to middle school <laughs> oh my god it was so funny that was so that funny that was, it was a good day yeah it's a great sports back. weekend right it's been awesome hey t what's going on in the culture report this week Hey, Joy. So uh, the Billboard Awards was on Sunday, and some of my favorite moments were, of course, seeing Drake win Artist of the Decade. Um, I love the fact that he brought Adonis on stage. He was so cute with his cornrows. So cute. <laughs> I loved it. Um, in his speech, um, he said something that resonated with me. I, I love Drake, um, obviously. love his music and, and his I believe he's he's such a hard worker and it just shows. I feel like everything he drops um, is always like a banger. Um, but he said something about how people like wondering like how this happened and like how like being so unsure of like how you're gonna get it done, but just like keep like how you just keep going in hopes of figuring out the formula. And it's just so true. And I feel like it's just trial and error. Like success looks different for like everybody, but um, and you just continue to keep going until it works for you. So I love that he said that because when you see Drake, it's like, cause I think the last person that won an award like this was back like 10 years ago, like it was Eminem. So like, obviously like rappers are like, you know, dominating um, uh, in that uh, for, uh, artists of the decade, excuse me. Um, so love that. Uh, Pink, loved Pink. She had a performance with her daughter. Uh, it was like this aerial acrobatic routine. Love that. Um, definitely took me back to like elementary because I remember <laughs> Pink was, because I remember Pink when she used to sing, um, when she was more like R&B or like, uh, or, or, or like hip hop. Coming out. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, rock too. Yes. Mo, it's like Mo's girl uh, with the man with the thing thing my yeah, my uh, yeah so <laughs> love pink though pink is pink is really uh truly an artist like she's always evolving she's always super creative and she has an incredible voice so yes. I love pink yes love her uh Trey the Truth also, he won. Uh, he was honored with the Changemaker Award. I loved his inspiring speech. Uh, the weekend. I mean, he didn't win any Grammys, but he won 10 awards, um, which was amazing. I feel like that he deserves all the success. Like The weekend is just so incredibly talented. I said this before when he was performing at Super Bowl. Just love him. I was, I was so happy to see him win so many awards. And um, my last one, my last favorite moment was seeing Michelle Obama introduce Alicia Keys. That was just so cool to me. I'm like, anybody that like knows Michelle Obama, I'm like, yo, you're just you're cool in my book. So um, I didn't realize it's been 20 years since Alicia Keys' um, album, Songs in a Minor. So I've been actually playing it all morning and I was Damn, all morning. 20 years? It's been 20 years. So I was just playing it and um, it just reminded me that 
it's still just as good as when I heard it in grade school. I had no idea what she was talking about. But um, what were some of your favorite moments? Damn, T, we're old as hell. 20 years. 20 years. Like, I remember them songs. Ooh. Oh, my God. That doesn't make me feel old. I, I love Drake and Adonis. Adonis is so cute. And I know he really didn't want to have him, like, in the public eye, but uh he's a treat he is he's so adorable and I love that he like started freaking out like kids do <laughs> it's like everyone can relate to this like being a kid and being so overwhelmed like ah oh my god um but that was that was an amazing moment I also love Doja Cat she be killing the red carpets she's yeah. so creative and beautiful um yeah I thought I thought it was a, I thought it was a great show it was fun it was very very fun um Next, um, the teaser trailer dropped for Eternals. And, you know, I don't really know much about it, but the cast, I mean, you got Kit Harrington, Richard Madden, this is Jon Snow, Robert Stark, Robert Stark from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Love this reunion. Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, um, and Gamma Chan, Brian Tyree Henry. I mean, there's just, there's so many great actors in this movie. I feel like that I'm watching because of that. And like the trailer was just enough to like pique my interest. Um, it didn't show too much in my opinion and it didn't really give me a Marvel feel, which isn't a bad thing. Um, I'm definitely a movie person. So I'm really confused as, as like where the Eternals were when the Avengers were like getting their butts kicked, but Marvel, <laughs> but Marvel is like consistent. So I definitely have faith that like all those questions we have is like, wait, what? Like all those questions are definitely gonna be answered. So I'm looking forward to seeing it um, in November. Yeah, Eternals. You feel like you want to get involved when Thanos is wiping out half the universe? I feel like that's the time when you will want to reach out and touch somebody. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, or Loki, like... <laughs> you know what I mean? Wave a wand. Hello? Oh, we can't do this on our own. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm hyped for this movie. I love yeah. Marvel, and I love superhero movies. So I'm excited for it, definitely. I... I'm uh, with you. I'm a little bit confused. I don't have a huge background in what the Eternals are. And definitely my number one question is, where was y'all at? Where, 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 what was y'all doing? Y'all was wasn't, wasn't like in Eternal Cabo or something, kicking it <laughs> when <laughs> half the world was getting wiped out. What were right. you doing? Um, so I do need an answer for that. But I'm like, what happened afterwards? And now you feel the need to get involved. But I'm very excited for this movie. The cast, as you mentioned, is incredible. So I will be watching. I'm excited that movie theaters are back because I need to be in the theater to see this movie. It looks gorgeous though. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for it. Yes. Back in the movie theaters. So here for popcorn and wine. Yes. Popcorn and wine. Although <laughs> I am a Slurpee girl. I always get the Slurpees. Oh, are you? I get, yeah. so it depends. Uh, if I'm, if I'm in the mood, then I will get wine, but generally it's like popcorn, wine. I'll get a water. Uh, and raisinets, um, or I'll go popcorn sprite. And if I'm feeling really frisky, depending <laughs> on the theater, of course, uh, I will get the little um, ice cream bites. Ooh, yeah. I eat about four because I don't want to get a stomach ache. But those four for like you know twelve dollars or whatever, <laughs> very good. I'm so ready to spend money at the movie theater again. I am too. I've, yeah, I'm ready. All right. Well, we have everyone here together, the family, the crazy gang. Gang, gang. Uh, just want to once again congratulate Donnie on his new opportunity. And uh, moving on from us, we're very happy for you and excited 
for everything that you have going on. So uh, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's uh, a jolly good fellow, uh, he's a jolly good fellow, which nobody can deny. It's bet not deny. Nobody can deny. Which nobody can deny. Right in canon. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Um, like these, this few years that we've worked together has like flown by. It's been awesome, and um, I can only hope that this next adventure for me lives up to the current adventure that I'm on. And uh, like you guys have been awesome. I don't know if uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we this isn't goodbye. Like I said before, this is definitely see you later. We'll definitely crazy gang reunite avengers assemble and we'll make it happen <laughs> oh, definitely we definitely will yeah. um when you're in la look us all up um in the yellow pages and <laughs> on the internet and, uh, yeah in the internet um and we will we'll get together but we will not be doing as much drinking as we did at your birthday prior to hopefully the not because that hangover <laughs> was a wretched sin definitely took some time off my life that was so I, I I can I can't describe how hungover I was, and I don't know what the culprit was. You claim it's shots, but I don't. know. I think it it was shots. I, I'm, I'm blaming it on shots. Yeah, yeah there was a, a Emily bought a bottle of rosé too. I don't know if that that probably didn't help. I forgot Sugar. about that. <laughs> Emily was involved. I'm not blaming Emily. I love Emily. Yeah, but there was a was... switch up of the beverages at one mm, point. Yeah, we were throwing we were yep. throwing it all back. And I am not equipped to turn down rosé. So it's on. No me. one is. I gotta, stick, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta stick to my guns. Um, no, but congratulations, Donnie. We're very happy for you. We will miss you, and uh, sure. of course, you know we're we're gang gang forever. So we're very happy for you. Right. Okay. I appreciate it, guys. It's all love. Love you guys. Really, really do. Love love you, Donnie. Too, Donnie. Kick butt. <laughs> what the? <hell? laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you follow and subscribe at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can watch on YouTube, listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartMedia app, and Apple Podcasts. Follow myself at Joy Taylor Talks, and we'll catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Oh.